Um, Donald Miller's got a great name for it. Uh, he calls it the grunt test. So in other words, when somebody lands on your website, if a caveman were to land on your website, you know, you've got less than five seconds for that caveman to be able to understand what you do and be able to grunt it back. Put simply, um, you know, there are three things that we want above the fold uh, to pass the grunt test. Now, number one, we need to answer what it is that you do. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Our guest today is on a mission to help businesses and brands just like ours, improve our marketing return on investment, simplify our marketing and stop wasting enormous amounts of money. Sounds good, right? Now, Jamie is the founder of Results & Co. It's a marketing agency that focuses on brand communication and marketing. Now, Jamie is a whiz when it comes to things like websites and copywriting, conversions, funnels, messenger bots and all that kind of stuff. And he's also a certified story brand guide. We're going to talk about that in a few moments. But today we're going to be talking all about how to get more out of our websites. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Angus. Great to be here. It's lovely to have you here. As I hinted on beforehand, I came across you. Uh, my favorite book of the year is uh, Don Miller's Story Brand. Uh, I was listening to it on audio first. Uh, I often start lots of my books listening to them on audio. And when they're a winner, I immediately stop and I buy the book. And this was one of those cases. And I've said it numerous times, and I'm going to say it again there too. If there's a marketing book that I think that all of our listeners should read, it's this one here. And if you're one of their kind of certified brand coaches. So before we get into that, can you give our listeners a bit of a background of your story? What kind of led you to here? Yeah, you know, I've always had a fascination with, I guess, consumer psychology and marketing. Um, you know, growing up through corporate, uh, I was always in sales and operations. So uh, always got to play a little bit in marketing, but not, not, not get into it as much as I would have loved to. Uh, and uh, my last role was with uh, Thorn Group, head of sales and operations. We had a team of 500 and, um, you know, we led that organization to some pretty successful outcomes. But, uh, you know, one of the things for me is I really wanted to, you know, be in a full-fledged marketing role and uh, being in a sales capacity, uh, not many large organizations are willing to give you a shot. So I figured, well, heck, you know what? I'm going to start my own agency and do this thing for myself. So uh, left left the corporate life uh, a couple of years ago and uh, uh, started out on my own. Um, and, and early on in the piece, you know, um, one of the things, or certainly picking up that book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, I think I picked it up, you know, shortly after it came out, read the book, like you, it resonated with me. And I thought, you know, this is even the thing that my business needs as a marketing agency is, and at the time I was a solopreneur, if you like, just, it was myself just doing the work. I thought I'm going to try, you know, implementing some of those techniques. So I simplified the message, took out a lot of the noise and slowly we started to see the conversions increase. And I thought, okay, there's something to this. So jumped on a plane, went over to Nashville, you know, hung out with Donald Miller and uh, JJ Peterson and the team and uh, yeah, now back in Australia, using the, um, the framework to help other brands simplify and clarify their message so that more customers will listen. I really like, you know, that concept, and I've been repeating it lots on the website here with coaching clients, uh, of which Don talks about, if you confuse, you lose. You know, we, it, it takes an enormous amount of glucose just to keep our brains running. And if we're asking people who are coming to our website, that are watching our videos, looking at our social media posts, 
to burn any more glucose than is necessary, they're more likely to kind of thumb on through than they are to have to kind of think. And, you know, there's so many parts of his model that, uh, again, I think are just brilliant. I'm looking forward to kind of exploring particularly how that relates with regards to websites as well. So why don't we start off with this question? Like what, what's the purpose of a website? What should it be doing and what shouldn't it be doing? Okay, controversial question maybe for some. Um, I, I think if, if you ask most marketers, they're going to say something along the lines of it's to turn prospects into customers. That's what a website is to do. It's your digital footprint. It's your brand real estate. You know, for me, uh, it's a little bit more simple than that. And I sort of take it back one step and say, you know, the website exists to help somebody solve a problem. So your website exists to help somebody solve their problem. No Google searches. You know, like every time someone jumps on a Google, they're trying to solve a problem. So if they're typing in something like, you know, sore back or chiropractor or marketing agency or whatever it is, they're facing a problem. And when they land on their site, if you're filling that site full of, you know, complicated messaging and all the awards that we've won and, you know, trying to stuff every feature and benefit in there of your, your organization, you'll very quickly lose them. So, um, you know, I, I think it's about how do you simplify your message and help that consumer solve their problem. And uh, I think ultimately that'll lead to a conversion. I'm, I'm a huge, uh, that identity of, and I've been prodding on about this for the last couple of years, of us as practitioners just seeing ourselves as problem solvers. And we, inside our four walls of our practice, it comes really easily to us. So if you come into me and you've got headaches or migraine or you know, a health issue, I immediately go into my problem solving mode. And, and most of the people listening to this are experts at doing that. And when marketing is just an extension of that, instead of solving problems for the people inside your four walls, the beautiful thing in this world that we live nowadays is it's easier than ever to start to solve problems for people outside of that too. What, what makes a website a valuable or an effective tool at solving problems? What makes it? Okay. You, you know, if we start out with that premise, nobody visits your website unless they're facing a problem. And, um, and we start with that basis, you know, we've just got to ask ourselves as practitioners, well, how do we, you know, first of all, what is the problem that they're facing? Okay. And if we can understand deeply what those problems or that particular problem is, and then we start answering that problem on the website. Okay. That then creates a valuable resource, kind of like what you're doing for your, you know, user base. Right. Mm. Um, you know, I think, um, uh, the, the brands that can do that in the simplest and clearest manner are the brands that will win the customer too often. Uh, as I said earlier, we're, we're trying to tell, we're trying to say, Hey, this is why we're different. Here's our unique selling proposition. Here's the cool laser technology that we're using at the moment or, or whatever it is when really a customer just wants to be, you know, transported into a store, into their own narrative. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense given that I, I kind of understand this too. It was, it was interesting this morning I was thumbing through Instagram and I saw a beautiful video that was shot and I mean beautiful. I mean, it was cinematically beautiful that obviously this practice had a team come in and shoot the video. The music was great. All those kind of things. It was nicely shot. The angles, there's lots of B roll with it too. And it was 60 seconds all about the practice and, and knowing one of the other things that Don talks about, one of the mistakes that we can make in the uh, copywriting, the language that we put, not only in our website, but the way we position ourselves, is that we position ourselves as the hero rather than the guide. And when we do that, that's exactly what this video did. And it did a beautiful job of it. But not once throughout this video did it actually tell me how working with you would solve any of my problems. 
Can you elaborate on that difference between positioning yourself as the hero and the guide? I think it's a little bit of maybe what you were touching on with regards to what the website needs to do in terms of solving a problem. Yeah, I guess, um, <clears throat> I guess, uh, let, let, let's ask that question again and edit this bit out. Well, I think, I think this, one of the things I find interesting is, um, you know, when we look at a, a, a branding oftentimes, if I go along to somebody's website, the typical thing is, and mine used to be like this too, hey man, I graduated from the prestigious RMIT degree, you know, I got five awards here as well, I've been voted chiropractor of the year twice, I've looked after X, Y and Z, I've done this, I've done this. And really what I'm trying to, uh, what I thought I was meant to do on my website was it, tell everybody about how good I was, position me as the expert, the authority, which is part of what I want to do. And what I realized I didn't do and what kind of really, when Don said that was that that moment that I went from listening to the audio book to actually buying the book, is he says, when people wake up in the morning, the way that we live our lives, it's as if we're the hero in our own story. And we've only got room for one hero. And if you're trying to compete with me to be the hero, I'm going to ignore you. But what everybody is looking for is everybody's looking for a guide. And he talks about the Luke Skywalker had Yoda. He had Han Solo. And these people are not the hero in the story, but they're essential to the story. And I went, ah, that, that's what we do a lousy job of. Health practitioners are the perfect guide. Like when you come into me and you have those headaches, you've got your hero story that you want to be living. You can't live it because you've got these damn headaches that are stopping you going from the gym and being, you know, feeling amazing and having enormous amounts of energy and it's not allowing you to connect with your wife and have this beautiful relationship. And then my website tells you all about how great I am instead of saying, hey, listen, work with me and I can make you even greater. I can get you back to the gym, connecting <clears throat> with your kids and all those kind of things there too. Is that kind of what you are sort of insinuating with regards to our website? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, one of the that, that's certainly the paradigm shift, Angus, is positioning yourself as the guide as opposed to the hero. So many brands out there position themselves as the hero, telling rather than inviting that character into the narrative. And I guess the, the whole basis of the book is it presents a, a narrative framework. Okay, we know that the human brain is compelled or drawn to story, you know, for thousands of years since the first cave drawings appeared or the first hieroglyphs on, on Egyptian pyramids. The human brain is hardwired to connect the story. And I guess the reason I fell in love with the book is that it presents a narrative framework that we can use to simplify and clarify the message so that customers are connected and engaged with that. Now, sales is based on emotion. And that narrative can help us connect with our customers on that emotional level. You know, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, defining what it is that the character wants. The very first thing we do, defining what it is that the, uh, the, 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 the problems are that are facing that character. And when you go and look on a lot of websites, um, particularly in your industry, there's nowhere on the website that actually talks about the problem. So we're not drawing the customer in. Like we want the customer to be nodding the minute they, you know, land on our website. You know, one of the things that we talk about in marketing is the five second rule, you know, this, this area above the fold. Um, Donald Miller's got a great name for it. Uh, he calls it the grunt test. So in other words, when somebody lands on your website, if a caveman were to land on your website, you know, you've got less than five seconds for that caveman to be able to understand what you do and be able to grunt it back. Put simply, um, you know, there are three things that we want above the fold uh, to pass the grunt test. Now, number one, we need to answer what it is that you do. And most people in your space will do that pretty well. You'll answer what it is that you do. The second thing is, 
how do you help me or how do you make my life better? What's the successful outcome that you're trying to paint this vision of? Because ultimately, that's the thing that we want as the hero in our own journey. Okay, we're on your website because we want something, right? So the second, the second thing we need to answer above the fold to hook or engage that, that consumer or potential customer is to answer, how are you going to make my life better? And then, of course, the third thing that we need to do is answer, you know, how do we transact? What is the next step that I need to take on this journey? You know, is it book now or buy now or uh, schedule a call? You know, what does that look like for each, each brand or each business? And I think they're the three most important elements that we can show above the fold. But one other mistake a lot of businesses make is with their imagery. And you talked about or you touched on this video piece. And I think um, certainly I find imagery one of the hardest things to get right on the website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, it's easy to reach for stock photography and put a picture of a, you know, a practice manager with a binder or something, you know, some cliche corny piece of, you know, because it's hard to get the right imagery or it's expensive to get photographers in, but you know, a, a single picture can do a number of things. It can replace whole paragraphs of copy. Mm-hmm. And when you think about how the consumer uses a web, think about how we use websites today, right? We Google, you know, new tennis shoes. We jump into a first website, we scroll really quickly, and then we hit the back button. And we don't often, we're not consciously aware of why we're doing this, right? But we're scanning websites. We don't actually go in and read websites and absorb the content, right? Mm. So imagery is so, so important to paint a picture of success. And I think if you were to have a, this, this hero image above the fold, it should really be focused on what does success look like for me if I transact with your brand? Okay, that's the sort of hero image I'm looking for. You know, so many practices will have a picture of their team. And that's cool. Like, I, I get you trying to create an emotional connection between you guys and, and the consumer. But the most successful uh, image to have above the fold will be something related to what does success look like for me if I visit your practice? And so could that actually, I'm going to go back a couple of things. I want to quickly sure. just touch on some stuff. Can you quickly elaborate on what above the fold means? So we might have some listeners at the moment. You've mentioned that term a couple of times above the fold. What does that mean? And then I've got some questions in around those the three things that our, our, our site needs to address above the fold. Yeah, fair question. And I should have answered that earlier, Angus. Um, you know, if we go back to the old days of the newspaper stand, the newspaper's folded in half and uh, a newspaper sold based on how, you know, captivating the headline was, what imagery they were using and uh, how saucy the, the column was. And, and, and that's what sold the newspapers. That's what hooked the reader and got them to, to buy the content, right? So um, the, the above the fold as it relates to uh, websites is just what is the area of content that we see before we start the scroll? And we, we believe that it's probably the most important area to get right. Yeah, great, great question. Then we start these three questions that we talked about, which is, you know, what do you do? How do you help me? And then what do I do next? Is that paraphrasing pretty much yeah. The, yeah. the kind of things there too? With that idea of the statement of how do you help me? I've, I've recently, in reading this and going through some training uh, uh, with, with Don stuff, some of his online courses as well. I've revamped a lot of my website and I've changed my statement at the top there that just says, less pain, more life. Um, safe, gentle, and effective chiropractic care. Would that, did, would that pass the grunt test? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, what I was realizing, I looked at my website beforehand and, you know, and even that idea of, um, you know, Don identified a simple thing with regards to my logo, which used to be up on the top left-hand corner there, which beforehand, I, I have a little 
kind of pattern with my logo as well. And then it says life chiropractic afterwards. And sometimes I just use the pattern and sometimes I use the pattern and life chiropractic. And what I needed to, what I actually did in this case here is made sure that my logo actually says life chiropractic as well. And I'm guessing, and it made me think that, you know, someone's jumped into Google, they've typed in chiropractor Port Melbourne or Port Melbourne chiropractor, which tends to be the search terms they're looking for. If they're looking for a health practitioner. And at the first, my page loads up and they start looking at that top left corner. The first thing they see is life chiropractic. Ah, oh, good. I'm, out. I'm on a chiropractic site. As opposed to this, it's not like I've put billions of dollars into flashing my logo everywhere that as soon as they see it, they're going to recognize it that, you know, like we do with the M for McDonald's, the Coca-Cola logos, the Nike logo. So little things like that, that makes it really simple for them also. And then I can't tell you how much text I took off. Like most of what I did was just cut stuff out there from what you said before is that people scan through there um, also. So I've got that statement there as well. And, and what helped me with this statement, and I, I want to encourage all of our uh, people to this, over on Jamie's website somewhere, and maybe I'll pop a link there too, Jamie shares, is it 34 websites that you give as an example? Yeah. 34 websites that Jamie and his team have built. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't built them all. These are, these are websites that we've, uh, some it. of the ones, so some of these we've built, some of these are from uh, other uh, story brand guides. Yes. And what we've done is we've assembled that list of, um, you know, we, we like to think they're pretty good story brand websites. Now, remember, everyone's interpretation of the framework is a little bit different. You know, some marketers are more visual and some are more copy-based, some are long-form, some are short-form. But, um, you know, we've, we've assembled that list and, and, and that's a list of websites that we think do a pretty good job of being clear, simple and compelling. We think they resonate with their target audience. They do a good job with imagery. They do a good job with copy. It's not just story brand stuff. There's a lot of other stuff that these guys do yes. to, to really nail it. And uh, I thought it's just a, a real simple resort. There's, there's hardly any copy in the download. Like we're just, I think we're download overwhelmed. I'm download overwhelmed. I download so many things and I never get to read them. So it's just a real visual uh, list of all these 34 websites. I think do a good job with the framework and your um, uh, viewers or listeners can just get some inspiration from and just, you know, um, draw from that to build better websites. Yeah, it's a great resource of which I'll make sure is in the show notes as well for you guys to go along and download. Um, I, I, you know, the sites, I, I think they're, they're simple, they're visually beautiful also. Uh, you know, this, the concept of that kind of how will you help me, as I said, what I've come up with, my practice is less pain, more life. But if I was, for instance, a naturopath that might really like working with families who are having fertility issues that wanted to get pregnant naturally, mine could just say, you know, get pregnant naturally. Like that could be my kind of statement up the top. Is that, would that again be another simple kind of one-liner or? Yeah, you know what, bang on. And I think you've nailed it there because too often um, uh, people will want to write a paragraph or, you know, a 20 word, you know, a subheader because, uh, you know, we think being creative will set us apart from our competitors. But clever doesn't sell. Clarity equals conversion. So what you said there in those three words, most people will try and write half a sentence or two sentences. The brain, when trying to read that, isn't, doesn't find it scannable, therefore doesn't digest the information. You know what you said? If you, if you can say something in three words, why take 20 words to say that? Does that make sense? And, and yes. that's, that's always the challenge. So you know, I'd love to challenge your, your listeners to go back to their website, look at those bodies or those paragraphs that put throughout their site and say, okay, what am I trying to say to my consumer here? Okay. The second question is, does this body of text um, lead my consumer towards a conversion? 
In other words, is it necessary to have on my website so that they feel, you know, that I'm solving a problem or that I'm connecting with them so that they, they can get one step closer to pressing that book a, you know, consultation button. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, the idea, because the idea of a conversion for us gang is somebody on the phone making an appointment with us or at least maybe emailing us uh, with an inquiry or, you know, maybe we'll get into kind of downloading lead magnets and things like everything needs to be focused to that also. The other thing that you kind of talked about too, the idea of what to do next, and you touched on it as well, but I, I think sometimes uh, I do personally, and I see practitioners, we shy away from telling people what to do next. Um, and and you, you, you touched on it. The very thing that we want people to do next when they come to our website is get on the phone and ring and make an appointment. Or if you have an online scheduling, like that's, that's the next thing to do. It's, you know, what do you do? I'm a chiropractic office. How do you help? Less pain, more life. What do I do next? Schedule an appointment. Like that's those three questions answered at the top there. And gang, it couldn't, like, it's so simple. It's, that's, that's it. And then into that framework, you would just plug if you're a dentist, you know, are you a naturopath, Chinese med practitioner, personal trainer? We would just plug in that framework there. Um, and I, I love it. If I kind of got that right in a nutshell. 100%. You know, uh, don't hide your call to action button, okay? It's like walking into a supermarket, hiding the cash register and then making me find the cash register to make a purchase. Don't make it hard to purchase. Don't make it hard to, to book an appointment. You know, make that as easy as possible. Keep it front and center. In fact, with our call to action button, one thing we love to do as a, as a form of best practice is repeat the call to action button. Typically, um, the human brain has to see something maybe three, four, five or eight times before it actually processes it. Okay, so, you know, it's not enough just to have a, a, a buy now button or a book now button in the top right hand corner. But I'd recommend that you repeat that maybe two, three, depending on how long your you page scrolls for your homepage or your ancillary pages, but always repeat that call to action button, give them multiple opportunities to buy. Yeah. One of the other things that I see really common in the websites that I'm reviewing too, is the use of jargon, um, particularly jargon for us. Um, and it comes in different sort of forms there too. I was reviewing a coaching client's website recently to kind of give my thoughts on it there too. And he refers to in lots of his staff as, and it's really great culture. And they refers to his staff as our ambassadors, which I understand culturally why he does that. And inside it's a beautiful culture. But when I come to his site and then it says up the top there in the menu, our ambassadors, like, it's like, oh, what? Like, what do, you, what do you mean you're ambassadors? When really all it needs to say is our team. Now, he could then perhaps have a paragraph inside there that then says we call our team our ambassadors to go into it too. But again, it made me think, and we do, when uh, we've had five years of uh, university, we've had, you know, hours, thousands of hours of anatomy and physiology, and these kind of terms roll off our tongue. And when we're talking about, you know, spinal neural connections and how this impacts the sympathetic part of your nervous system. And when you have an adjustment, it'll calm that down and make you feel better. Like that's like, stop it. Stop. Like we need to kind of really simplify things also. I, I got to imagine that with many of the people that you deal with, that they have their own form of industry jargon. How do you help and guide people towards simplification? How much simplification is too much? Um, I don't think there is too much simplification. I don't, I don't think there is. Um, sometimes we need to bounce back and forth with the client, you know, a few times before we actually reach that three word headline. Mm. 
Um, you know, I was bouncing on a, on a few sites this morning in your industry and uh, one of the ones that came up, um, you know, the headline just says chiropractic, MLS, medical laser and orthotics. And there's a picture of a spine on, on the, you know, landing page. I'm looking at it here on the screen. Now, I don't know what MLS medical laser is. Now, that could be a really, really cool thing. Mm. I think I'm a smart guy, right? But I've got no idea what that is. And to your point about ambassadors, you know, culturally and internally for that organization, that's an important distinction. And it and, and does make our team feel valued and important. But using it externally, what you are doing um, uh, to a consumer's mind is you're causing them to have to think. And when the brain uses calorie, like the whole purpose of the brain is to help us survive and thrive and to help us conserve calories. That, that's the purpose of our lizard brain, if you like. And if I start to think too hard or use too many calories, my mouse goes up to that back button in the browser and I go back to Google and I go into a competitor's website. Now that makes me cry because every single time someone lands on my website and I confuse them, okay, and they go back to that button in the browser and hit back and go to my competitors, I'm literally giving business to my competitors. And that hurts. Okay? Yes. Because I know that person has intent. 100% of the people that hit your website have intent. Mm. They have a problem that you can potentially help them solve. And there's a real skill and an art. This is where the skill and art intersect. Okay? And I always say to people, it's about giving your, your potential customer enough information so they feel comfortable enough to transact, but not too much information so as you overwhelm, overwhelm them and they hit that back button in the browser and disappear. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I can see that the, the challenge of it is that it becomes this, negative spiral because if somebody comes to your website google you know even let's talk organically they happen to put in chiropractor port melbourne they end up at my salt site and if google sees them bounce really quickly back to the search engine results page then google is going to very quickly start to think man that that website there doesn't solve the problem of the people who come in which means next time around it might not serve me up at number one and two and three and this is how our web pages end up way back at three four five you know deep in and they never get seen so cleaning up that initial stage so that we can be solved and by solving problems in this case here we want them to come to our site and hopefully not go back to that search and the results page so i my challenge for the listeners here because i want to dive deeper into the website is a great thing about this framework what jamie shared but there's only three things that we need to look at when somebody you know five seconds that first bit if they looked at your website and maybe you could hand this to a stranger and let them have five or six seconds of it and then ask them a question say, you know, what do I offer? Am I a butcher, baker, candlestick maker? How do I make your life better? And what do we do next? And if they can't answer that question, then that's great news because you know what to do next. And if they can answer that question and give yourself a high five, then it's time to get down deeper into the website. Would that be fair? Uh, yeah, I love that idea of actually giving it to somebody, sitting at a cafe with your laptop, you know, calling over to the waiter or the waitress and say, oh, you know what, can I borrow you for five minutes? Tell me what this website does. Well, what does this organization do? Yes. Yeah, and that is a great way to, you know, remove yourself because you look at your own website and you think you know what you do. Yes. Right? And, and it's clear to you, but it's not necessarily clear to a consumer. And if it's not clear to a consumer, you lose. Totally. When you confuse, you lose. You lose. So we've, we've passed that initial phase and in that, well, that area above the fold. And if somebody hasn't made an appointment at that stage, it might be reasonable that if they haven't bounced off, that they might want to find out a little bit more. And the action they're likely to take with that is start to scroll down. What needs to happen next? What, what should be the things they see afterwards um, below the fold as they start to progress through our website? 
Yeah, I, well, uh, you know, for most brands or practitioners, I would usually start with a headline or a small piece of copy below the fold that agitates the consumer problem. That's not a hard and fast rule. Um, but, you know, when thinking about the sorts of people in your industry, uh, I think that's important because the other reason is, you know, it's like when you're, you're watching a movie, right? And the um, hero has to disarm a bomb, okay? But you learn after the first two minutes that, the, you know, the bomb's a dud and, and, and no one's really at, at, at risk here. No one's going to die. But you're highly unlikely to sit there for two hours through the whole film, right? There's nothing at stake. But the minute you start talking as a brand about your consumer's problem, right, it causes me to lean in and go, yeah, you know what? I've got inflammation. I can't get out of the car and I struggle to pick up the groceries. And, you know, I really find it hard to mow the lawn these days. You know, those sorts of things. You start causing that consumer to sit on the edge of their seat and say, yeah, you know what? This is the problem that I'm facing. You start to form a connection with that consumer. Mm. So that's the reason I like to start with the problem because it draws them in. Okay, it helps uh, that form that emotional connection, gets them nodding almost like, yeah, this is me. This mm. is the reason I'm on your website. Yes. But go and look at a lot of websites and you don't find anyone talking about the consumer's problem. Instead, we position ourselves as the hero and we're saying, you know, look at all these places I've been featured and look at our really nice, you know, massage bed and therapy center. I don't care. Like, you know, can you help me solve my problem? And so start with that. You'll set a hook and again, You'll, you'll cause them to spend more time on site. And back to your point, if they're spending more time on your site, they're not bouncing and going to your competitors, okay? And if they spend more time on your site, that's another indicator to Google that you've got a great site. And Google will start to prioritize your website in the search results above your competitors. Mm. So keeping them on your site for, for a longer period of time will also help. Yeah. So Messaging is important here. I had an aha moment in practice about a decade or so ago, Jamie. I, and, and this was something that, that happened certainly a lot through my first 10 years in practice. An amazing woman coming into me who was kind of in her late 50s and on her history form, she'd had some lower back pain. What was interesting about it is that she'd had it for a decade. And one of the questions I ask is, what have you done for this beforehand? So she'd done nothing. So she'd had back pain for a decade and done nothing about it there too. And we ask all the normal questions that we ask. And one of the things through there, something prompted me to say, why now? Like, why, why haven't you done anything about this now? And, and often people can't answer this question straight away, but she could. She, she knew exactly what it was. She said, the back pain has got to the stage for me. She said, one of the highlights of my week is when my husband and I get to go for a walk together. And my back pain has now got to the stage where I can't do that. And, and it's our time to connect, to debrief, to share our week. And it's, to be honest, it's the highlight of my week. What I realized in that moment is that she wasn't actually coming to me to get rid of her back pain. She was coming to me because she wanted to be walking with her husband. And so when I communicated to her and we set all our goals around not getting rid of her back pain, but having her walking to her husband, walking with her husband, her compliance went up, her excitement, her enthusiasm. And I realized in there that there's, there's always two reasons that people come and see us. There's the external, I've got a headache. And then it's what the headache means to them. It's what it's stopping them from doing. It's the identity that either has them step into or away from. And in, in, in Don's book here, he talks about internal, external and philosophical type problems as, as well. And I think that, that next section there is a great thing to talk about, not just, hey, you've got pain, pain sucks, pain, pain, but you started to go into it too. It's Yes, it's difficult getting out of the car. It's difficult grabbing the groceries. I'm not playing with the kids. 
Like if we can start to articulate and describe their life, and there's an old kind of marketing saying, you know, when you can enter the conversation that's going on inside somebody's head as well, that would be the section that it would be great to include that kind of stuff, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and often we try to do it, or as practitioners, they're trying to do that, but they're using that, coming back to that jargon, you know, have you got pinching nerves or hematomas or whatever, whatever yes. language it is. And, and so again, that's, they think they're trying to solve that problem, but bring it back to the words that the customer, and you said it there, what language do you think your customers will be using? Okay. And uh, simplify that, say it in as few words as possible. You set the hook uh, and, you know, and, and again, it starts to plan out a narrative that's really going to draw customers into their own story and ultimately get them clicking and, you know, booking more appointments. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes it's interesting Lots of health practitioners, particularly the natural ones that we're talking to now, have a tendency, um, we're kind of greenies with regards to stuff, we often tend to be more of a drive towards kind of being a bit heart-centred. And this idea when we're talking about influence and setting the hook and stuff like that can sometimes get a bit kind of clinical. And I just, at this time too, I want to kind of remind people too, this process here, if you, if you can't help people, you shouldn't be doing this. But if you can actually help people, then you know what? It, it, is, it is essential that you've been doing everything that you ethically can in the manner that we're talking to you about now that you can make a difference to this person's life. Like, you know, I, I think about all the people out there that, that don't even know that me as a chiropractor can help them. It's not that they're not choosing me. They're not even aware. And I think as we talked about right at the beginning, as chiropractors, as health practitioners, we're problem solvers. And you need to be as good at telling the story about your problem solving as you are actually problem solving as, as, as well. So when we're employing these things where, it, it, you know, I'm never going to have somebody on the podcast here that's not totally ethical and heart-centered. That's what I love about Jamie's content and the book and stuff like that too. So we're, that idea of setting the hook sometimes sounds a bit kind of clinical. I know, I know what you mean with that's, regards that's to That's my marketing talk. language. You know, yes, I, and I love it. I, yes. And if you're the best practitioner and if you're doing, doing this for the right reasons, then why shouldn't you... Okay, maybe set the hook, but why shouldn't you draw them in and, you know, uh, give yourself the best opportunity to help this person? If you know you are that person that can help this person and, and, and help that consumer, you know, have that better life uh, naturally as well, um, then well, why aren't we doing that? Like, let's have a step, because if you don't, your competitors will at some point. Yes. Okay, and they'll dominate you in this stuff and they're not always the ones doing the right thing. Yeah, it's, it's immoral not to. And I, I, I came to the conclusion some years ago, unfortunately, the best product doesn't win most times. The product that tells the best story wins. And that's what you kind of said to it. We're about stories. And if you're, you know, if you're building around this concept of build it and they will come, if that's your strategy for marketing, it just doesn't work. And the situations that it does work, there are other things that are actually making it work. So, you know, let's use everything that we possibly can in the influence literature. Let's run it through, you know, integrity and heart-centered also. So after we've got that little section where we aggravated the problem, we talked about internal and external, what would come next after that? Um, good question. And again, this will really differ depending on uh, the, the sort of, business and who they're trying to target. Again, there's no set formula here, but um, if I was speaking generally, we'd probably start to talk a little, little about the solution, okay? And I'd also introduce what we call empathy. Okay? Yes. Um, and, and for those who read the book, you'll see that you know, this, this, this story framework is laid out into seven elements. 
And in one of those elements is uh, empathy. And I don't think enough brands use empathy, okay? And one way we can do that, uh, you know, when I say empathy, it's really just about us as a practitioner putting our arm around that consumer saying, hey, we get it. We know what it's like facing the challenges you face. Or, you know what, like you, we're frustrated by, you know, people in our industry who lock you into contracts and, and, and aren't there for your best interests, you know. Mm. Um, we're, we're on your side. People want to do business with brands they can identify with people mm. want to do business with people that they can identify with and connect with again it comes back to that lizard part of our brain safety security you know uh, we want to be connected with a tribe of people um, so we want to do business we you know for our own, own safety security and protection so i think brands that can show empathy in their copywriting uh, again are more likely to connect on that emotional level so whenever you're talking about your product or service try and include a few empathy statements mm. you know, like, Hey, we know what it's like, or, you know, or, um, uh, I don't know. We understand the challenges you face and articulate what those are. Right. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's important to use empathy whenever talking about your product and salute products and solutions or your benefits, because it'll help to form that emotional connection and allow you to help and impact more people. I think there's some truth to that old statement of people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's that empathy side of things. I've always found that if I can just articulate what life is like for them and say, I totally get it. You know, you get up in the morning, you open your eyes and the first thought is, is my back going to be sore again today? And, you know, there's statements like that. Um, you know, if, and I found a really great, so if you're wondering where to kind of get these things, start asking your patients, like interview them, uh, like I did beforehand, you know, what is it, what are your headaches preventing you from doing? Like if your headaches weren't there, what would you do that you can't do at the moment? Um, you know, and then you need to prompt them, like how, how does it, does it have an impact with your husband or wife? Do you notice that your parenting is not as great? Uh, has it stopped you from going to the gym? Is it impacting things at work? Are you not as productive? So sometimes we have to ask lots of these questions. But when you, and that can be just how on your regular visits, I'm forever asking these questions conversationally. And it's a great source of content for me to then put in the other videos and the content that we create also. But that, that's my secret weapon to creating empathy. Are there other ways that might be helpful also, Jamie? Yeah, look, certainly through, um, I love video testimonial as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, nothing can beat that in my opinion. Uh, there, there is, uh, without plugging my insight, that there's a blog in my website that goes through seven questions to ask to get a powerful testimonial in a, in a story format. Yes. And if you ask these questions, even if you're just filming it on your mobile phone, right, it doesn't have yes. to be fancy stuff. But asking the right questions of a person, you know, in other words, you know, tell me about the problems you faced before you started doing business with us, you know, and they articulate, well, it was hard to get out of the car and I couldn't do the whole, you know, 18 holes at the golf course. And you know, how did that make you feel? You know, I was frustrated, you know, like I didn't know what to do. You know, I've seen other people and that didn't work and this didn't work. And all of a sudden this story starts to resonate with the story of the people that are visiting your website. Mm, so yeah. I think testimonials are great, but they shouldn't be about, Hey, you know what? I worked with Jan. She made me feel better. I recommend Jan. Yes. Uh, they're not the testimonials we're looking for. Even that's what we think, you know, we should have on our site. Yes. But asking the right questions 
in a narrative framework will connect with that person so, so strongly and allow you to impact more people. Yeah. Unfortunately, Jamie, here in Australia, and we have a global audience listening to us here in Australia, our Health Registration Act won't let any health professionals use testimonials, doctors, dentists, chiropractors. Um, it's wacky. Oh. I mean, a lot of it came from some of those crazy kind of before and after type settings that we were seeing with plastic surgery and all that kind of stuff there too. That's really what it was directed towards. Um, so, but for those of you that are kind of international and I, I'll make sure I link also to that blog post that you talked about um, as well. One of the things that um, a testimonial does is it kind of can also bring out a level of authority also. If we can't use, do you have any thoughts in terms of what things that we could do to share a level of authority if we weren't able to use a testimonial? Yeah, okay. So um, there are a couple of things you can do. Statistics is another way to demonstrate authority. So you sometimes see on some websites, you know, we've helped over, you know, 5,000 people get a good night's sleep, you know, or we've, you know, uh, you know, been in the this region, in the Hawthorne region for 45 years or whatever. So, you know, those numbers across the page can demonstrate authority without positioning yourself as the hero. Mm. That's one way you can do it. So statistics can be useful. Um, uh, without testimonials, you could also, well, you know, things like podcasts and thought leadership, you know. So if you have a podcast, you know, you can feature mm. that on the page somewhere and uh, that says to me that, hey, you know what, this person knows what they're doing. That You know, this is the person likely to be able to help me in my business, right? Yes. So thought leadership is another way we can demonstrate authority without playing the hero. Um, logos. So another, another thing we could do is feature logos. So if you have been given awards or if you've got certain certifications, even if I might not know what those certifications are, just a nice line of logos across the site. We don't have to explain them. We don't have to have a big paragraph of, you know, why we won these awards. Just put a couple of logos across the page. The reason I like doing it that way is because, as we said in the outset, people are scanning your website really quickly and quite often most of it subconsciously. They hit your site. They want to know, what do you do? How do you help me? How do I transact? Where's the social proof? You know, has this person helped other people achieve successful outcomes and so on and so forth? So a line of logos can often do that as well. Yeah, and it's, they've been, I was stuck with that exact challenge with putting my website together. It was interesting because, you know, 20 years we've been in the area and we said, look, over 8,000 plus happy patients. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough to win a couple of awards. We were one chiropractor of the, award of the year twice. And we'd say it's things like, you know, we've looked after Olympic athletes and world record holders. Um, and then I just pop a couple of kind of logos underneath there too for professional bodies that are in. And I think, you know, I would love to be able to share some of the great testimonials. In fact, I'm a bit cheeky because I actually say at the top of that section, unfortunately, as a registered health practitioner here in Australia, I can't share the thousands of success, success cases that we've had. However, you know, and then I kind of go into that. So there's some inference there that we've had thousands of success cases there. But I, I want to reinforce to our listeners, there's many ways that you can show authority without having to flat out have a testimonial. Um, and I would imagine too, some, if you had, if you were regularly posting content each and every week, you know, videos, how-to videos, those kind of things in a blog section, that would be another way that would build authority. Yes? Yeah, without question. Yeah, it builds authority. It gives you, gives you lots of social content and stuff as well. Yes. Uh, good for SEO. Uh, but, you know, somebody, again, it comes back to, Angus, the reason they visited your website is because they've got a problem. And if you've got useful content in that blog, not just for Google's sake, but if you've got useful content, it's, you know, three exercises you can do to minimize back pain for golfers, like real mm. specific stuff. You know, yes. you've got a whole bunch of these, a library full of stuff. 
people will spend time on your side. Mm. Um, uh, they, um, you have positioned yourself as the author. People, I always find if you position yourself as a generous brand, people yes. will always want to do business with you. Yep. You know, there's no challenging giving information, giving time and, and, and all that sort of stuff. People are drawn to, to those sorts of organizations, I feel. Yeah. Now, generosity very rarely goes down. I, you know, one of the modules that I kind of teach, I, we're talking about marketing strategy, the overall thing there too. I, I like as a strategy, it was Zig Ziglar that said, you know, you'll get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. You know, that's our whole front end marketing strategy for my practice. I, I'm just going to get up every day and go, how can I serve my community today? I've got, I'm going to be serving some of them in front of me on my adjusting table. But, you know, I'll make a video each week that'll help solve some problems, that'll build some goodwill, that'll help to position us as the guides with some expertise, all those kind of things uh, that, you know, in essence, are just allow that predictable flow of people that are coming to us, you know, each and every week as we're solving problems. Love it. Yeah. Here's, here's another question, and you can edit this out if you like. No, go um, for it. <laughs> in relation to... Uh, because I'm fascinated about this space with testimonials and I've come up against it in the financial industry as well, where we can't use yes. testimonials. I've got a lot of clients in that space. Um, if I go on your site right now and say I've used your services and I go to Google and I write your review, you don't delete those reviews, right? And, and, and I've given you a review just because I, as a consumer, I think that's what we do, right? Yes. Can you use, I mean, they're there now. They exist. They're in the public domain. Yes. Uh, is there a way you can use those cheekily or again, um, uh, not compliant? Yeah, look, it starts to get into a gray area through there. So the, here in Australia, um, if you were to go onto my Facebook page and leave a review there where I can delete that, I'm expected to delete that. Got it. Um, however, we know that once something, you know, I had a crazy person leave a review on my Google, like an unwell person um, who made a whole bunch of stuff up. You, you can't get rid of that. No. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, now, luckily we've been able to bury that under other reviews there also, but you're right. Uh, um, it would then start to get gray. If I would have a link on my website that might just link, certainly if I, there's many plugins that allow you to have those on your website. Yeah. I got to imagine that that might be, you know, not okay. If there was a link there that just said, hey, do you want to see what people are saying about us? Um, you know, that, that might be a little more in the grey area um, also. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think this, having run um, uh, a shore with registration boards beforehand, um, it's a pain in the backside. They waste lots of hours. Yeah. I tend to shift on the conservative side of things and say, look, here's otherwise I think I can build authority. Um, I can be generous in these ways. I can be a bit cheeky in my statements. I can show you that we've been here for a long time. I've had these awards. I've worked with these groups here also. But don't get me wrong. If I didn't have that, my website would have wonderful testimonials on there of the great work that we've, we've done. So um, it's a bummer. I was, just, I was just curious, yeah, just how that works. And, you know, because I, I realise when, when people leave a Google review, it's there. And, and do you... Um, do you solicit those reviews? Like, do you have a follow-up process? And this is just for my own understanding, um, right? Is there anything uh, wrong with doing that? Um, I, I guess it would depend. Again, it gets into a grey area. Okay. Now, I'll happily admit here that after we got that review, the stinker, um, I went out of my way because the, the only, once I realised, I, I just assumed I would um, ring up Google and say, <laughs> you know, 
Hey, Goog, uh, this is a crazy person. You know, none of this is factually true. Can you please remove that? And like nothing. It's like, whew, okay. So then I started to look into strategies. And the best way for me to do something about that was to bury it. So we did. We actually went out of our way to make it very easy. And so he actually, I'm going to say this because if you're, you can absolutely, your patients, and our mind too, are, are wanting to do things like this. And so in this situation too, we made it really easy for them. Um, you know, so we had a computer there or we sent people the actual links for how they would go about doing it. We gave them an outline of what, uh, as you did too, of what might be a, a good thing to say. If they felt like saying it, they could use this as a guide or they could make their own. And we made it really easy for them to either do in the practice while they were sitting there in the waiting room or we offered to email them a link that they could do it in the comfort of their own home. So we made it really easy in that situation so that we could kind of bury stuff down. So if you're in a part of the world where you're okay doing this kind of stuff and it's all right, that would be the way I would go about it. Like you could get 20 or 30 great testimonials probably in a week or two. Um, and, or I would really like the idea that you mentioned too, Jamie, is that I would train one of my staff to sit down with a mobile phone and ask those seven questions I think that you said beforehand. And then I would edit it all together there and I would then transcribe those and have them in different kind of formats also so you can take control of all this kind of stuff and of course the best time to ask for a testimonial is when somebody rolls over and says man angus i've never been feeling better never been feeling better and i would go jamie that's great you know what there's loads of other people out there like you that don't know that chiropractic can help them would you be okay giving a quick testimonial if i got mackenzie to video up that front would that be okay high five thanks dude like that i, I have jamie before i could do this i have folders full of testimonials just from that of people wanting to actually do that stuff that unfortunately I can't share with people anymore. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So it's easy to do if you're in a part of the world that like, that's the way that you would kind of go about it um, as, as, as well. I, 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 in the way that I often do, I got sidetracked and I'm looking back through my notes here. <laughs> I, I want to ask a question because we talked about images and the power of an image. And I've been really thinking about this with my website also, and an image being worth a, you know, a thousand words or lots, millions, whatever it is there too. Uh, and the image needing to reflect the outcome that somebody might get. Is that just, you know, somebody happily skipping along the beach? Is it that kind of thing there too? Because that also, it seems a little kind of, cool. yeah, stocky, that kind of stuff there too. So, you know, my image on my website at the moment is a, we had a photographer come in. It's actually me kind of sitting down at a consultation, knee to knee with somebody. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't reflect where they're going, but it's a bit kind of personalised. You can see it's not a stock image. Um, it helps to reflect somebody that they're in the right place. I, do you have some thoughts around that? Yeah, I do. There are a couple of things we do with organisations. So when we're sitting with an organisation trying to come up with versions of imagery for collateral, we start with a brainstorm. And I'll ask a simple question. You know, if I buy this widget from you guys, what does success look like? You know, how's my golf swing going to improve or how will my tennis game up a level or, you know, uh, whatever it is, right? So ask, uh, you know, have a brainstorm with your team and say, if people come to us, you know, how do we make people feel? Because remember, they're not buying facts and figures. They're buying the way you make them feel, okay? And just come up with 5, 10, 20, 50 different things, all the outcomes, you know, and I know I use the same example, but being able to lift the shopping out of the car and do it without pain. Write those things down, just write them all down. And then 
stand back and look at that list of all the successful outcomes. One, it'll make you feel really nice and warm inside, right? But then say, okay, what does that look like in an image? You said something earlier, Angus, where you said, you know, you'd ask for that testimonial. The minute they sort of get up off that, that table and go, oh, man, that feels good. That's the image I want right there. You and that person getting up going, oh, this, this feels good. Okay, because that, that's an image of what success looks like, right? So I think it starts with a brainstorm, okay, and then stand back at that brainstorm and go, okay, how do I put that into an image? And I've got to say, it's not easy. To me, it's one of the, I mean, I can come up with words and headlines. like that. That's easy enough to do. I can simplify copy and cross out paragraphs and, you know, structure a website and put a button in the top. But coming up with the right imagery, you know, can be tough. Yeah, I like that. We just recently, because one of the things that drives me nuts is all this stock image that I see on chiropractors' websites. And to, and then when you start to see the same stock image pop up again and again, you can tell stock image, you know, like that. And you kind of mentioned before that getting, a, I don't think getting a photo, that it can be expensive. I don't, it's, it's, I think it's one of the best investments that you will make. I'm still using yeah, cool. photographs that I had taken three years ago. They, they still look relevant. I still look the same as I did three years ago. You know, they're not dated yet. Um, and then we just did a whole bunch. My wife is a chiropractor as well. And the way that we went about it, we've got a family that we look after. We see lots of kids and stuff in the practice also. We just said to them, hey, listen, would you be okay coming in on a Saturday afternoon for an adjustment? Um, we'll adjust you at our expense. And could we take, have some photographer come in and take some photos and then some short videos? Would that be okay? Of which they were like, hell yeah, no worries. And then now we've got you know, a whole bunch of B-roll of video, a whole bunch of great footage. I'm going to look through those photographs because I bet there's a photograph there that would make more sense Damn. with regards to you know, what success would look like. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jamie, I feel like I could chat with you all day. There's probably a round two coming up. What I want to ask you here too, in kind of final thoughts, summing things up from what we've talked about today, you know, in terms of purpose of a website, how do we make it work? What would you like to leave our audience with? And then we'll talk about how they can kind of follow up with you afterwards. Man, um, whew. Uh, I guess the, the essence of what I'd uh, say is start with a narrative framework. Try and tell your story in a compelling way and put your customers in the center of that story. Story brand is one framework. There are many frameworks you can use, but if you like story brand, you can use that framework. Um, Clarity equals conversions, okay? So if you want to impact more people, you need to be clear and simple about it. My highest converting landing page, Angus, has less than 50 words on it, and it converts at a rate of 73%. Wow. Almost unheard of in marketing, almost yes. unheard of. It took me six months to do it because it was a matter of testing and adjusting things as well. Uh, we didn't get in touch on it, but you know, one thing I'd like to say uh, to your listeners as well is the importance of measurement. Yes. Okay. You know, um, you know, you've built a shiny new website. Um, you know, when I ask most business, like I was at a conference uh, last year for real estate agents, some of the best real estate agents in the country. And I, I did a survey. I went around and said, hey, how many website visitors do you get? The most basic question. And not one could answer me. And, um, you know, they're all out there trying to do Google ads and Facebook ads and spend money on marketing. And they didn't know how many people are coming to their website. One guy had two and a half thousand visits a day. Right. A day, you know, and so um, very, very quickly is measure how many people visit your website, how many people are booking from your website, um, and perhaps how many people are downloading your lead generator. 
you know, mm. if you, because it can get a bit overwhelming trying to measure all these different statistics. Okay. If you want to keep it simple, just diarize every 30 days to sit down, look at those stats and then make a couple of changes to your site, simplify the header. So, so I guess the second thing is, um, you know, we, we talked about simplicity and clarity, clarity equals conversions. Um, you know, try and, you know, really stand back and look at your content and copy and simplify it. But, you know, how do we know that is actually going to make an impact? And, and this is the one thing that we forget sometimes as busy practitioners or as busy business owners is we forget to measure things. And so one thing I'd like to leave your listeners with is just the importance of measurement. And I don't mean Google analytics and getting involved and bogged down because even I find analytics overwhelming and I'm a marketer, but you know, to, to, to most people in your space, just measure how many people visit your website, how many people are, you know, booking appointments and perhaps how many people are downloading lead generator. Okay. Because that'll give us a gauge, you know, just, Put it in your diary every 30 days just to look at those three numbers. Only. And there are other things we can look at. Don't get me wrong. But if you do nothing else, look at those numbers because that'll tell you if you make a change to your website over the next 30 days, did that change make a positive impact or did that make a negative impact? Okay. And, and we call it, I, I guess, the fancy word is conversion rate optimization. Yes. But my argument is this. If you have 100 people visiting your website, Angus, and you know, only one of those people is booking an appointment, which is probably statistically about right. And maybe two or three people are downloading your lead generator. You got 95, 98 people that are leaving your website that have a problem that you can help them solve that aren't doing business with you. And so our whole goal is to really sit down and say, well, how do we make those 95, 97, 98 people? How do we, how do do we get their attention? How do we, get them into our marketing funnels and how do we nurture them, give them value and build trust over long term, so that when their pain point is the greatest, you're the brand that they think of. You're the brand that's in front of them. So measurement's important in so many ways. That's probably the other thing I'd like to uh, get across. So, yeah. Beautiful thoughts. You know, all of those people, you know, I think too, we, and I, I talk so much about, you know, sharing content on social media and trying to get, if there are people already coming to your website, no one's coming to look at your website just for the heck of it. You know, they're there because they have a problem of which they think that you might have a solution. And in the world of marketing talk, we would refer to those as starting to be kind of warm leads. I think anything that we can do to kind of, you know, capture their attention, have an ongoing conversation with those people was great. One of the things we didn't, I, I, I'm just looking at my questions here. We didn't even, because uh, I started to engage with your content. I'm going to leave this as a little bit of a cliffhanger. I loved your messenger bots. And it's one of the things that you're really great with. And I think there's some really terrific ways that we could automate some messenger bots to um, help our patients along that journey. You talked about lead magnets. So can I have you back in the new year? Can we get into a discussion about how a, a, you know, a practice might use a lead magnet, how they might use messenger bots to help capture perhaps those other 95 people who didn't either make an appointment or do something on the site. Would that be okay? That would be awesome. I'd love to do it. And that is a big opportunity. So I look forward to the new year. Wonderful. Where do people go to find you? Uh, we're at resultsandco.com.au. Great. I'll have links to all of that and I'll make sure I have all links to all the socials uh, uh, likewise also. Jamie, on behalf of all of my crew here, uh, thanks for sharing uh, so generously with us today. I look forward to catching up with you in the new year and we can dive into more things that we can be doing on our website to improve the impact that we can have in our communities. Buddy, have a great afternoon. Thanks so much. Will do, Angus. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. My pleasure. 
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.